Hello, and welcome to episode 450 of the official EstablishTheRun.com podcast. My name is Adam Levitan, as always, joined by Evan Silva. We are coming off of week three. Evan, how's it going? It's going well. We just finished the uh, NFC team by team. Um, there will be some comp- capitulation on the complimentary AFC team by team. Oh, podcast. baby. Capitulation season on today's show. We will be going team by team through each AFC squad, talking about everything we saw from injuries to usage and what it all means going forward. Before we get into it here, I have to remind everyone this podcast is brought to you by our friends at Underdog Fantasy. They are running best ball tournaments in season. We do have rankings for them. There's one week best ball snake drafts. There's also a snake draft best ball tournament that goes week six through week 17. We have rankings for both up if you are an in-season subscriber right now. Also, if you haven't gotten on Underdog Fantasy yet, promo code ETR for $100 matching on your first deposit. That's promo code ETR at Underdog Fantasy. And be sure you're subscribed to our in-season package so you can get those rankings along with everything else that we do. Weekly and monthly options are available right now as well. Start with the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, Lamar Jackson is breaking slates. Mark Andrews is breaking slates. Mark Andrews' last 17 games, Evan, and not all of this was with Lamar. There were some Tyler Huntley, et cetera, mixed in there. But last 17 games for Mark Andrews, 116 catches, 1,420 yards, 12 touchdowns. I mean, we're talking like prime Antonio Brown type numbers out of Mark Andrews playing tight end in a run-heavy offense. Now, this year, the Ravens have not been that run-heavy, and that's something that we're going to talk about on Friday. Mm-hmm. But what have you seen from Mark Andrews? It's absolutely outrageous and anything else on the Ravens. Well, I'll tell you what. You remember when they traded away Marquise Brown and everybody was like, oh, Rashad Bateman. And look, Rashad Bateman, he's been fine. But the answer was Mark Andrews. Mark Andrews, it was just too obvious because he was already coming off a great year. It's like how much greater could could he be? And we're getting the answer, and that's that he can even be more great. I mean – the dude is an absolute baller. He's a downfield seam stretching tight end, and they're throwing the ball downfield in Baltimore this year. I think Lamar Jackson now was back to back 100 yard rushing games. Yeah. So it seems like forever now that we were debating whether, you know, the conspiracy theory of whether he would stop running because of his contract. Now, Lamar's just a football player, and he's going to go out there and do what he does. And right now, he's the number one overall quarterback in fantasy. And Mark Andrews, I think, yeah, he passed Travis Kelsey this this past oh, week, yeah. I believe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I will say uh, on the uh, uh, Bateman stuff, you know, when your team is not that pass happy and you're only running a route on 70 to 73% of your team's dropbacks, it's just, it's not great. And I'm not giving up on Rashad Bateman, but it's just not great. What was great was to see J.K. Dobbins back jk dobbins 44 percent of the snaps in his 2022 debut off that serious knee injury he handled seven of 13 running back carries two of two running back targets i thought jk dobbins looked fine assuming that he came out of that game healthy i think the role will continue to grow and so yeah i mean i'm optimistic about having some jk dobbins for sure let's go to the bills and by the way the ravens who we just talked about and the bills are playing each other this week in a one o'clock game in Baltimore, you saw the Bills actually get into a close competitive game. I mean, the first two games, 
the Bills just rolled. And so it was kind of hard to get a read on what exactly they wanted to do. In this game, it was a division game against the Dolphins, and it was close. And you see the running back snaps. Devin Singletary, 67. Zach Moss, 16. James Cook, 10. And so it's just kind of like what we saw last year when the chips were down in the playoffs. It was all Devin Singletary. And it kind of strikes me that this is what they want to do in big spots and big games. The guy they trust most is Singletary. What did you see out of the Bills' loss to the Dolphins? Well, I don't know if you saw at the end of the game, but like the players in this game were dropping all over the field because I guess the heat and the, hum- the humidity was just out of control. Stefan Diggs was like, my whole body was cramping. And that's like a sign of um, like extreme dehydration. Yeah. Um, he got, he had to check out at the end of the game. He just went and like laid on, on the, on the, on the ground. I mean, and, and, you know, during a very important sequence and that was happening on the other side too. Like, I mean, a bunch of players were off to the side. It was, it was crazy. Um, the box score here is crazy because the, the Bills, I mean, Josh out had 63 pass attempts, eight rushing attempts. They had 23 rushing attempts as a team. What is that up at 86 plays? Yeah. And Miami had 39 plays. I mean, that, that's wild. And they won the game. Yeah. And, and Miami won the game. Yeah. Um, the Bills were the better team. I mean, they had twice, over twice as much team yardage, offensive yardage, as did. Uh, Miami, but you know the Bills made some mistakes. Ken Dorsey just—did you see him l- lose it up in the in the coach's box? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Gosh, um, I mean, but they they had him on the ropes, and they and they they, they really let it they let him off the hook. Um, I, I wanted to give a stat here on uh, Dawson Knox and see if you've yeah. noticed this at all. PFF has Dawson Knox's pass block rate mm-hmm. this year at twenty percent. In other words, he's pass blocking twenty percent of the time when Josh Allen drops back mm-hmm. last year. That was at 7%. Obviously, mm. that's a concern. It's hard to kind of pick that stuff up watching the game, but I think it's a major concern for Dawson Knox. Any thoughts yeah. on him going forward? Yeah, I mean, that's fair. I, I think that the analysis before the season that he was just going to be quite touchdown dependent, that is probably going to end up being on point, and he hasn't scored any touchdowns yet. Yeah. So – it is just he's going to be probably a, a touchdown or bust guy. Like they're not really expanding his role, trying to feed him the ball more. He's a good blocker, you know. He's, he's yep. a good blocker. Sometimes that works against guys. Let's go to the Bengals. Um, Bengals are on a short week playing Miami, and so Joe Mixon kind of like rolled lightly his ankle, and I think they were just like, "Hey, we're up by a lot against the Jets. Let's just go with P Ryan down the stretch," and they did so. It hurt Joe Mixon's day but i think mixon's going to be fine going forward sounds like he's kind of expected to play in this game also i played t higgins in cash and i don't know if you guys saw that hit but i mean he took a nasty hit on a long bomb i was like oh god that's it for t higgins but when you play alphas in cash they come back into the game and t higgins is certainly an alpha he comes back into the game and finishes it out seems like he's fine what did you see out of the Bengals who got their first win of this Mm -hmm. of the season against the jets yeah, and I think that um, as we kind of anticipated, uh, oh, by the way, the Bengals have one of the highest throw rates uh, over expectation in the league this year. And you know, the results have not been perfect, but it is a sign that, you know, hey, we're, they're being more aggressive early in the season than they were last part or last year in the early part of the season when they were really worried about their offensive line and Joe Burr's recovery and all that. 
you know, they, they're, 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 they're going to be all right offensively. Like they're, they're going to be really explosive. Okay. Um, Sauce Gardner did a great job against T, uh, Jamar, Jamar Chase in this game. So I think hats off to him. Jamar Chase still got in the, got in the box. So he, he, he was fine, but uh, Sauce Gardner is a dude out there. I mean, he's, he's been incredible. He's obviously super NFL ready. Number four pick in the draft. Yeah. At one thing on Tyler Boyd, I just wanted to mention, uh, you don't talk about contingent value a lot at the wide receiver position. Tyler Boyd does have contingent value for season-long teams because if something ever happens to T. Higgins or Jamar Chase, I mean, Tyler Boyd's a baller, and, and he can he can step in and have some really big games if that were to happen. And obviously, when even when they're playing, he can have big games, four catches, 105 yards, and that 56-yard touchdown for Tyler Boyd. Let's go to Cincinnati. That was the – I'm sorry, Cleveland. That was the Thursday game against the Steelers, and David Njoku – finally got his breakout um i don't think his role really changed that much you know week one definitely changed from week one week one he only ran a route on 68 percent of dropbacks in week two though 81 percent. he caught three balls for 32 yards week three though 82 percent, nine eighty nine one. so i don't want to overreact here mm -hmm. but playing a good game certainly helps the confidence going forward i also thought Jacoby Brissett played a pretty good game there against the Steelers, what you see out of the Browns? Yeah, Jacoby Brissett has played two game, two good games in a row. And if you remember, he had a, a full season as the Colts starter. And I think he took the most sacks in the league that year. He had a real problem with holding onto the ball too long in the pocket. And, you know, that, that leads to a lot of problems. He's had one of the, the better uh, delivery times across the league uh, so far this year. And I think it's a, a hats off. It's a credit to him first and foremost, but also to Kevin Stefanski, one of the better coaches in the league, um, you know, co coaching that into him mm -hmm. to get the ball out, you know, um, and, and be on time. And I mean, especially on, on like pretty virtually all of those targets to David and Joku, he was getting the ball out quick and, and they were winning early in the route and, and all that. Um, Nick Chubb is an absolute stud leads the NFL in rushing so far. The Browns are kind of who we thought they would be. And that is a team that is just going to pound the piss out of the ball and, and, and be efficient. And they're be, they've been more efficient than anticipated, I think, especially because they've been so efficient in the passing game. But they're going to run the crap out of it. Kareem Hunt also has 15 touches in each of their first three games. Um, Amari, how about Amari? Yeah. And I thought he was going to be real up and down. It, it, stay, it still may be with him. But uh, he's been great the last two games. I mean, he he is riffing with Jacoby Brissett right now. I mean, talented wide receivers are just, you know, it, it, you can't underrate what a guy like Amari Cooper can do for a quarterback. Like Jacoby Brissett, by the way, Browns get uh, Falcons and Chargers next. So two more really good chances for um, uh, Nick Chubb to continue to pad his lead as fantasy's number one running back. Broncos. I mean, everybody spent the whole summer arguing about Javante versus Melvin. We didn't think that team preseason, Mike Boone was going to get in the mix and gum this up even more. In that game on Sunday night, Javante played 33 snaps and ran 13 routes. Melvin Gordon, 28 snaps and 13 routes. Mike Boone, 14 snaps and 13 routes. I mean, do we really need, and I love Mike Boone. Mike Boone's one of my like favorite under the radar team preseason guys. Do we really need to have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon and then also give 11 routes and 14 snaps to Mike Boone in a close game? I didn't know what was going on there 
I don't know if that's going to continue, but if it does, it's obviously really bad for Javante and Melvin as well. What you see out of the Broncos who somehow got a nut, they've played so bad, yeah. but they're two and one. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, they won this one 11 to 10. I think their other win was against the Texans. Like, what was it? 16 to eight or something against, like that. Against the Seahawks 17. Uh, oh, they no, lost, they lost the, 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 the Texans. They beat 16 to nine. Yep. Yeah. 16 to nine. Jeez, yeah. They've played so bad. Yeah. I mean, Russ hasn't played well. Yeah. Um, the coaching has been highly questionable. And I think maybe you could add the Mike Boone thing into that. At least Cortland Sutton has been productive. Albert O, like his usage is sort of like going down every week. Mm-hmm. Can't play him right now. I actually just dropped out. I was just going through really? some waiver stuff and I, I had to drop Albert O in one league. I just, I, I just, yeah. I, do, I just feel like I could waivers. Rotate. Wow. I could just like rotate guys through on waivers that are giving me the same thing Albert O is giving me. Right, so yeah, right, it just right. sucks. It sucks. I just didn't, I could never envision you doing season long waivers. Oh, I know. I'm in like a couple of these with my boys from high school. So that, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will say Cortland Sutton, I thought played a really good game. Jared Judy was not affected by the shoulder. I didn't think, but he only saw six targets compared to 10 for Cortland Sutton. Yeah. But yeah. I, I still, I'm going to go back and forth on this. I know all year, but the way Jerry Judy plays and the routes that he runs, um, they just don't suit Russ's game as well as the routes and the, the play style of Cortland Sutton. I, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm standing by that. I, I believe that. And I'm, I may go back and forth on it because Jerry Judy is going to tease us with some yeah. big moments because he, he, he's got baller in him. But I think Cortland Sutton is just kind of clearly the better fit for the way that Russ plays. Not to mention the Bible narrative. And yeah, Cortland yeah. Sutton certainly looks like the better option right now. Go to the Houston Texans. It, you know, the, over the last two weeks, this Damian Pierce role, uh, Damian Pierce has seen 35 carries and three targets over the last two weeks. During that span, Rex Burke had just three carries and eight targets. I mean, Damian Pierce is going to run for a thousand yards. And like, I know you have these crazy offensive rookie of the year tickets on Damian Pierce. I mean, those are super live because he's going to run for a thousand yards. And a lot of media members could just be like, this guy, you know, uh, ran for a thousand right. yards as a rookie. That's really impressive. And it is, I mean, there, there's no doubt a fourth round rookie, but if he keeps getting this kind of volume which i think he will even on a bad team even mm-hmm. with davis mills playing like shit which is tilting me so bad but even with davis mills playing awful um damian pierce is still going to see a lot of yards thanks to the volume the brandon cook stuff is a concern you know yeah. uh brandon cooks has seen 27 percent of the targets he has a 45 percent catch rate this year his career catch rate is 66 percent i mean i don't i davis mills has been worse than um last year and i think you know, kind of worse than I even thought he can be. It's not over yet, but, and I'm certainly not writing off Brandon Cooks. He has some really good matchups coming up as well, but I, you know, certainly concerned what you see out of the Texans in week yeah. three. Yeah. I just, I, Davis Mills and he didn't, he wasn't terrible in this game, but um, I just, I think he's a backup probably Yeah, long-term. Yeah. The, the Damian Pierce stuff was taken at 50 to one uh, early in the off season for uh, O'Roy. Yep. Hopefully we could get he's that. Not, he's he's nine to one now. Oh, let's go. Yeah. Um, you know, I gosh, I feel like an idiot for for saying this for but so they lost Brevin Jordan. Jordan Akins had been on the Giants, and now Jordan Akins is on the Texans now, and he jumps in and he plays ahead, or he at least outscores uh OJ Howard 
and uh, who they threw a screen pass to that went, went uh, nowhere. And then uh, uh, Farrell Brown. So they're back to playing three tight ends. You know, we're, we're not finding any sleepers there. Um, th- that's about the extent of, of what I got on the Texans. People are asking as we go to the Colts, Evan, what's wrong with Jonathan Taylor? I, I don't see a lot wrong with Jonathan Taylor. It's just the stuff we talked about before the season. He is a running back that is going to be somewhat dependent on touchdowns because he doesn't have a mm-hmm. huge pass game role. Last season, Jonathan Taylor scored a touchdown on 5.4% of his carries. This year, Jonathan Taylor is scoring a touchdown on one6 percent of his carries there's nothing wrong with Jonathan Taylor I still think that he is probably the best running back the running back I would like to have most in fantasy right now it's very close between him and Christian McCaffrey still I think so I'm not panicking or worried about Jonathan Taylor at all I do think the Colts will do themselves a service to get Paris Campbell the hell off the field I mean another 38 routes in week three for Paris Campbell with no production whatsoever he's now run 112 routes this year which is a ton he's caught five balls for 47 yards and no touchdowns on eight targets Free Ashton Doolin, man. Free Ashton Doolin. If the Colts are listening to this, which I know the Colts front office and their coaching staff, I know that this is the appointment listening for them. If you guys are listening, get Ashton Doolin out there opposite Michael Pittman. Thank me later. Anyways, Evan, what'd you see out of the Colts who got the upset win over the Chiefs? Yeah, I agree with you um, about Ashton Doolin. Jonathan Taylor, uh, yeah, he's he's not only going to be reliant on touchdowns, but he's also going to be reliant on efficiency, and he just wasn't very efficient. In this particular game, uh, it helps a lot that he had three catches for 20. Um, but, you know, that's about at his at the peak of his range on a week to week basis. But that added five points to your to your total there. And you didn't get a total dud, even in a game where he was held to 71 yards on 21 carries, 3.4 yards per carry. Yep. let's go to the Jaguars. So uh, it might be capitulation season. I don't know if you're ready to capitulate or not. I wasn't really on Zay Jones. Josh Norris, our old friend, was on Zay Jones. And and you got to give credit to Zay Jones. Dude is playing well. I mean, he's running around on 84% of Trevor Lawrence dropbacks. He's had one good game. He's seen 21% of the targets. One, He's one for three. He has a low average depth of targets, 6.8 yards. He's played three games and he has one good game. He's, he's, he's playing well. <laughs> I think this offense is ascending. We, we can write off a lot of what happened last year with Trevor Lawrence based on the coaching. And I think that was the narrative in the offseason. I think that's proving to be true. So, Evan, are you adding Zay Jones this week? Or are you capitulating? <laughs> I mean, I'll capitulate just because, you know, I'm a nice guy. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I mean, I, I thought it was funny. Like, Josh Norris, you know, tweet chirped me. Uh, Three times when Zay Jones had 65 scoreless yards in week one. No no chirps this week, even though Zay Jones actually had a good game. I put in matchups that he had a good matchup. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, oh, I think this is his uh, Zay Jones' second touchdown in his last 19 games. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's real big. But, yo, I mean, the story of this, you know, and fine. Zay Jones had a great game, okay? Uh, the story of, of this is Trevor Lawrence here. Yeah. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is like, I don't know. It's probably a little early for me to say this, but I think that he is like storming right into or right for, right toward the Justin Herbert, Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes tier. I think he is. Yeah, it's a bold statement, but he's yeah. certainly playing at a much, <laughs> much, he's much elevating much guys like Zay Jones and yeah. Christian Kirk and – he's real confident in the pocket right now. And, 
they're using him on the move and taking advantage of his athleticism. And, um, and the Jags are rolling. They're number two in offensive DVOA right now. Yeah, They are, as a team, they are number four overall in DVOA, in Football Outsiders DVOA. And they're the only team that is in the top four in both offensive and defensive DVOA. What was Urban Meyer doing, man? Yeah. I mean, what a what a horrible job he did. They just changed the coaching staff, really. They did add some guys in free agency. I mean, a lot of guys, overpaid a lot of guys. But, like, the coaching is elevating those guys. Trevor Lawrence is elevating those guys. This is like a fun team. I, I mean, are they the favorite to, to win the AFC South right now? I was going to mention that. you. Yeah. There was, as of yesterday, there were still some plus 275 out there on the Jaguars to win the division. And I thought that was actually pretty solid just as I have no faith whatsoever in the Titans. And I think that the, uh, the Colts are just like Jaguars are better, you know, and Jaguars already have a win against them. So yeah, I thought plus 275 on them to win the division was good. For Christian sure. Kirk has uh three good games out of three. Yeah. Um, we were on him. Yeah. We, we got to give a shout out to James Robinson. I mean, yeah. unbelievable. What an unbelievable. Yeah. I mean, he's the first guy to come back from an Achilles and, be be the same guy, maybe even be better. The, the thing is that he he has like these three huge long runs, and then other than that, he's at like two and a half yards per carry. But yeah. again, I don't want to take anything away from what he's done because he's certainly crushed any expectations that I had. Yeah, and yeah. the coaches want to give him the ball. I mean, that's the thing with James Robinson; he always seems to find the ball. Coaches love this dude. So, yeah, I, I've said way too many negative things about James Robinson over the last. Yeah couple years and yeah yeah uh, full capitulation full capitulation chiefs you know a lot of people worried about the offense i get it they're still fourth in yards per play this season they have had some really good matchups they played arizona they played the chargers they played the colts but yeah I, i'm curious how much panic or concern you have about chiefs offense right now also you know the running back rotation continues to be a problem but ceh is still getting high value touches around the goal line to make up for this heavy rotation that they're doing. What have you seen out of the chiefs offense as they lost in Indy in week three? Yeah. You know, after week one and maybe with the benefit of hindsight, we can have better context for this because they looked just like they weren't going to miss a beat without Tyree kill and without MBS and just being, you know, just a, a less explosive supporting cast around Patrick Mahomes, but it was week one against Arizona Patrick Mahomes played an unbelievable game. It hasn't been the same in the two games since. They were okay against the Chargers. They they weren't very good here against the Colts, and I have to capitulate because I like the over on the Chiefs team total. I, I, mean, I loved it, and it was just uh, they, they, they didn't get anywhere close to that. Yeah, I mean, you um, saw some sharp line movement there. It was very clear that the yeah. Sharps were on the Colts and the yeah. public, public was on the Chiefs there as yeah. the line kind of crashed down towards the Colts. Yeah. Um, um, I think that they should give more chances to Isaiah Pacheco in the backfield. I mean, CH is just a guy. Like, I think we can all agree. He he had fewer snaps than uh, McKinnon in this game. Yeah. 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 No, I know. He's not playing a lot, period. You know, and I think yeah. they are scheming stuff for him well when he's out there, but he's not playing a lot, period. So, yeah. I mean, Pacheco should certainly be on benches right now. Uh, I thought Juju had a pretty good game, and I know people are wondering what to do with Sky Moore. I mean, and if I'm in a deep league, I'm not dropping Sky Moore. But if you need the roster spot, I think it's okay. He muffed two punts in this game. Mm. Also, like, he's not doing himself any favors to get on the field. That said, 
MVS and Hardman are just meh, you know, and I think they could use Sky getting out there. I just don't know if they are anywhere close to doing so yet. It doesn't seem like they are. I mean, I think yeah. he had ten. He had two snaps the previous game, then ten this game. Yep. Yeah. What are the Las Vegas Raiders? Mac Hollins, man. You know, I, I talked about it a bunch on the solo pod because obviously, like getting on him in cash was the difference in the week. The last two weeks, one of them, Hunter Renfro, was out this past week, but Mac Hollins is still running around on ninety-four percent of the dropbacks and seeing twenty-two percent of the car- targets from Derek Carr, and he's got that's resulted in thirteen catches, two hundred twenty-four yards, and a touchdown. I mean. It's maybe a fluke, but he's playing well. And Derek Carr clearly has no issue whatsoever targeting Matt Collins. Seriously, what would you think about Matt Collins in season long going forward? Anything else on the Raiders? Well, I think that his production and he had an awesome game in this game. And I I played a double stack with him and Devontae Adams and uh, Derek Carr with Derek Derek Henry coming back. So Mm -hmm. I I had a decent team there. yeah, to save me from all the stuff I lost on the, the Chiefs. <laughs> God. Um, but, I mean, it, you know, it it correlated with Hunter Renfro being out. That's true. So, I don't know, man. Like, you know, the I, role isn't going to change, but the number yeah. of targets available will change. In other words, Matt Collins yeah, is still going right. to be outside playing every snap, whether Hunter Renfro right. is out there or not. But, obviously, Hunter Renfro is a much bigger target suck than Keelan Cole mm-hmm. uh, was in the slot in this game. Yeah. Uh, offensive lines don't issue for the Raiders. They're just like significantly below average. Derek Carr has not been playing particularly well in the new offense. Um, Devonta Adams saved saved his butt here with the with the touchdown. Yeah, but he's been disappointing outside the first game. They're they're not firing on on all cylinders at all right now in, in Las Vegas. Yeah, I was shocked at how poorly Devonta Adams showed up in this game. They did get the goal line touchdown to him but yeah only five catches for 36 yards on on 10 targets i thought this was a really good spot for him let's go to chargers i I was shocked they played justin herbert man i mean shocked that they played him i i don't see really why and then they also left him in down 28 points in the fourth quarter um i liked brandon staley a lot last year he has done this team no favors whatsoever through three weeks. They have so much talent, and I think it's being bungled to some degree. Now they lose Rashawn Slater for the year, which I think is a big deal. And Joey Bosa is out uh, multiple weeks with a groin issue. Also, I mean, they're losing a bunch of this talent. Keenan Allen, I think, will be back this week. But it's not great for the Chargers Right now, what do you see out of their home loss to the Jaguars? Oh man, this was this was rough. I mean, and I think anybody who saw how much pain Justin Herbert was in the previous game, like you just you got to give him a week off, man. Like, yeah, and, and you got to protect him from himself. I mean, at some point, it, it becomes incumbent on the coaching staff, which I think is what you were basically saying there. Yeah, um, it's a long season; it's seventeen games. You know, like. I, I don't. I don't think you let him play in this in this situation. R- R- losing Rashawn Slater is so massive. This is this dude was awesome as a rookie, one of the best left tackles in the league already. The combination of your quarterback having fractured rib cartilage, whatever that is, but I, I know it's painful, mm-hmm. and and losing your left tackle just can't be good, you know. And and as a as a uh, Charger Super Bowl better. Um, 
I'm not feeling I'm not feeling that anymore. You know. No. By the way, I know there's a lot of concern about Austin Eckler. He only had four carries in this game. You know, Sony Michelle is getting goal line work. He's losing work, base work to both Sony and Josh Kelly. But Austin Eckler, 21 catches in three games. I mean, it's just so 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 valuable the role that Eckler has. And I get that it's frustrating to see Sony and Kelly out there, but I would not be complaining about Austin Eckler when he's getting this much work in the past game. And I do think it's like somewhat sustainable he's just so good in that role you know yeah with Herbert like you have a veteran backup in, in Chase Daniel who can go out there and win you a game yeah uh, it, it's irresponsible this is also nothing new with the Chargers by the way they're like I think most injuries are random the, the Chargers stuff they seem to always get the short end of the stick on injuries all, always and so I don't know it's a concern anyways Dolphins yeah I, I'm having a hard time with this Chase Edmonds versus Raheem Mostert stuff I mean Chase Edmonds running back touch share by week, 73% in week one looked like he was going to have an awesome role. Then in week two, they went to like full Mostert, only 30%. In week three, Chase Edmonds gets back. He gets 47% of the running back touches, but he also got two goal line carries, you know? And like, to me, it's just, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do on a week-to-week basis. I guess it's kind of the frustration that we had with San Francisco at times too, with their running backs. Also, in this game, I don't know if you saw, I mean, I'm sure everybody saw actually, Tua hits his head on the turf mm-hmm. he's like so woozy like can't even stand i don't know how he got back into this game but he's listed questionable for thursday's game against the bengals mm-hmm. also what you see out of the dolphins win over the bills yeah they were somehow be, be able they were somehow able to win despite running 39 offensive plays in this game two was balling i mean he's been one of the best downfield passers in the league um and you know I, look Tyreek Hill uh, bombed here, but, you know, like even big time dudes are going to bomb in scenarios when you're, where you only have 39 offensive plays and uh, 13 pass completions. Yeah. Uh, the, the Jalen Waddle people should feel very fortunate that they were able to get a hundred yard game out of him. You know, I, I just, you know, and I've gone back and forth on Tua and I didn't have like a, a, a particularly high ranking on him from a fantasy standpoint, ending the, uh, entering the season. But those jerks that were out there calling uh, Tua supporters the Tua-non, like, like they were crazy people for thinking that Tua could be good. Like, they just look like assholes right now. Yeah. You know, because that's the implication behind that term is that people that were supportive of Tua, uh, you know, that they were legitimately insane people, um, I mean, they're idiots right now. I don't see the, the tune on going around anymore. No, come on. That's 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 ridiculous. And it's obviously juvenile is what it is. You're playing the Mike McDaniel scheme. You're going to with Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. You're going to um, have upside for success. So New England, the good news on New England, Ramondre Stevenson season. We talked about him so much in the summer. This was kind of what we were talking about with Ty Montgomery not out there. Ramondre Stevenson, 62% of the snaps, 62% of the dropbacks over the last two weeks. He's running a route on and then 21-121 rushing, 532-0 receiving looked really good. Now, the problem, Evan, is that Mac Jones hurt his ankle. Sounds pretty bad. He's going to be out at least several weeks. Their backups are Brian Hoyer and Bailey Zappi. I mean, Hoyer is 36 years old. I think he's lost something like 12 straight starts or something crazy like that. What do you think about the New England offense going forward, presumably under Brian Hoyer? I don't think very much of it, you know? 
Yeah, it was already shaky. Yeah. Um, feeling better about Ramondre. You know, they, they, they've made a commitment to Ramondre, I think, to an extent that he's going to be the, the lead back of a committee. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's really good. Like, he's really good. You know, we, we weren't making it up. He's, the dude is a baller. Um, but they're not going to score many points. It was nice to see Devontae Parker. This is the dude that I thought he was going to kind of be, not, not a, a guy who gets 156 yards every week, but I thought he would be the number one. And it's worth it's worth yeah. noting that Jacoby Myers did not play in this game. The the yeah. Patriots number one receiver, but still. Yeah. 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 The Brian Hoyer stuff is bad though. Like I don't even feel great about Ramondre with Brian Hoyer out there. Like I'll still play Ramondre where I need to, but it's not it's not great. No, it's not good. I mean your your scoring expectation is gonna be like sixteen. Yeah. Let's go to the Jets. So I I thought Brees Hall was like one of the running back dead zone picks that was okay this year I still think he's better than Michael Carter I've been blown away by Brees Hall's pass game role I did not see it coming 21 targets for Brees Hall in three games on 60 routes run I mean just absurd now there are caveats there Joe Flacco has dropped back an insane amount of times 165 times in three games Joe uh Joe Flacco has dropped back and also he's targeting running backs at this outrageously high clip with Zach Wilson likely to come back soon I don't think that's going to continue, but it's at least worth knowing and seeing that this is in Brees Hall's bag. Also, Garrett Wilson got banged up in this game, but came back. He's a baller, man. I, I love I love watching Garrett Wilson already um, in his young career. What do you see out of the Jets' ugly loss to the Bengals? Yeah, so it is going to be – I mean, I pretty much saw everything that you, you, you saw, but it's going to be very interesting to see what happens here because Zach Wilson is due back this week, yeah. I believe. Yeah. yeah. Joe Flacco has the most pass attempts in NFL history <laughs> through the first three games of a season, according to pro football reference. And they go way back yeah. at pro football reference. Okay. So <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see how they change the offense because when Zach Wilson had his limited amount of success last year, it was when they went very run heavy and they try to like, you know, they're trying to teach him how to play within structure because he was such an out-of-structure playmaker at BYU, and he didn't, he didn't even look comfortable in, within the structure of the offense last season until late in the year on a very limited basis. Um, the weapons are real nice, though. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Elijah Moore hasn't even played well, and you know they've still moved the ball, and Corey Davis had a couple of big catches. I mean, they have some talent, for sure. Steelers. I'm sure everybody saw George Pickens like absolutely insane catch uh, on Thursday night football. I mean, that was a absolutely ridiculous catch from George Pickens, but still he's now run 101 routes. This season has George Pickens. He's seen 12 targets, five catches, 65 yards. It's just Mitch clearly stinks, uh, stinks and prefers Deontay Johnson. I guess all these quarterbacks who stink, they just get locked onto Deontay Johnson. And that's not taking anything away from Deontay Johnson. In fact, the dude's always open and that's a credit to him, I still want to see what happens when Kenny Pickett gets in there. Hopefully that can spark other guys beyond Deontay. Also on, on Najee Harris, I mean, he's down to 78% of the running back touches. In other words, whereas before the Steelers were not playing any backups, now they're playing Jalen Warren. Last year, Najee Harris was at 87% of the running back touches. So, you know, we've been low on Najee Harris the whole way. I feel pretty good about that. What did you see mm-hmm. out of the Steelers game last Thursday night against the Browns? Mm-hmm. Um... Oh, uh, I saw uh, 
one of the tape guys, you know, on Twitter, put it, putting out a video and um, it was of like George Pickens runs this great route, you know, gets himself wide open for, you know, easy completion where he could probably get run after catch too. And like Trubisky doesn't even look at him. And then it's Pickens like, damn it, you know, like <laughs> he's pissed, you know, yeah. and, and there, se- there seems to be like infighting among the Steelers the, because the quarterback play is just, yeah, it's a one read offense. Yeah. And, and, and I don't think they're, they've been pleased with the scheming of Mike, Matt Canada either. Um, Jalen Warren is like the, a great hold right now. And he's played so well, especially in pass protection that uh, like he's earning snaps at the expense of Najee Harris. Um, and, you know, and I mean, Najee Harris's usage is like fairly considerably down or meaningfully down from last year, which is something that we kind of anticipated because his usage was out of control last year because he had, when he led the NFL in touches, right. And he also led the NFL in targets. And that's just, it's, it's that's not going to happen this year. Yeah. Uh, the NFL and targets among running backs, I should say. Sorry. Yeah. And th- there's going to be spots to get Kenny Pickett going. I actually thought Mitch like didn't play his worst possible game on Thursday. So maybe they give him one more chance, but like the leash cannot be that much longer. Like Kenny Pickett has to get in there soon. Last team we're going to do today is the Tennessee Titans. Um, you know, I played Traylon uh, Burks in minis with Devontae Adams this week in tournaments, and I talked about that on the solo pod. You know, I was fine with it, even in hindsight, I'm fine with it. It was disaster, though. I mean, Traylon played a ton 27 routes on 28 dropbacks for Traylon Burks, just two targets. He didn't play in the slot at all, didn't get any easy targets, finishes one catch for 13 yards. Derrick Henry, they came out throwing the ball to Derrick Henry in this game, which was really, really Love encouraging. That. Obviously, his floor ceiling combo goes up a ton. If that is sticky, I don't know if it will be, though. What do you see out of the Titans game? Yeah, well, you know, their receiver core is just garbage right yeah. now. And Traylon Burks has potential. And Robert Woods is coming around at 85 yards in this game on nine targets. Um, but, like, they should get Derek. I mean, we, we've been saying this for years. Like, yeah. They just they should, but they ne- nobody ever does it. I know. I mean, throw them, throw them two screen passes and two dump-offs every game, you know, and, and just let them truck dudes. He looked good in this game. This is the best I've seen him look like, you know, uh, since before that injury last year. Yep, for sure. Yeah, we had some unders on Derrick Henry. He felt kind of fortunate to get there after uh, the way that he started. They play at the Colts this week and then at the Commanders the week after that do the Titans. All right, that is going to do it for the AFC Team by Team podcast. Thank you all for being here. By the way, if you're listening to this, I assume you're on Twitter, but if you're not, if you want to be hardcore, if you want to be good, I think at Fantasy Football, you have to be on the Twitter machine. That's where all the best information is, where all the fastest information is. Be sure you're following all of us, me at Adam Levitan, Evan at Evan Silva, and at Establish the Run for Evan for Producer Luke. I'm Adam. Good luck, everybody. Mm-hmm.